0: Thanks, guys. Good morning, everyone. Uh, more, especially if you're visiting with us. Met a few visitors this morning. I'm sure there's some others that I haven't met, but just really glad that you're here with us on a Sunday morning. Um, we hope that you'll have an opportunity to to uh, connect with us, but even more importantly, to uh, connect with God. We believe that there's a reason that each one of us are here; that He has a plan. And a purpose in our lives, and uh, we're glad to be gathered here together. Uh, I um, am going to lead us into our time of teaching in a moment, but before we get there, I have a couple uh, important and exciting things to talk about. Um, One, there's some exciting things happening in our Discovery Kids ministry. Um, If you go through those halls each week, there's a ministry to our kids and to our families, Uh, And two important things, parents and people who love uh, our kids, a couple things to know. Next week, we are beginning an electronic check-in system. um, And so that's going to help us to be more effective in the process, keep our families, kids more safe and secure. And so uh, parents, if you can do us a favor today, you should have when you dropped your kids off, got in one of these forms. If you can fill that out and drop that off uh, today, that would be a huge help in getting prepared for next Sunday. And then next Sunday, show up a little bit early if you can get the kids out of the, uh, at a home and uh, get here, get checked in so you can go through that process. Also exciting for our kids is uh, next week, we're actually going to take our one elementary class which has been running from K through fourth grade and split it into two classes. Um, So we're going to have a K through first grade and then uh, second through fourth, which is going to be awesome to be able to uh, more uh, age specifically uh, teach our kids and to give them uh, kind of activities that really fit their age and engage them. Um, And so K through first parents, instead of taking your kids out to uh, the elementary room outside, you'll actually take them uh, right in here. Uh, the classroom will be at the end of the hall over there. So um, that's next week. But of course, we get excited about these things are growing, but uh, they always require more servants. So, uh, in order to keep those classrooms going in an ongoing way, we are going to need more teachers. Uh, Specifically, we need uh, two teachers for the K and first grade. Now, that doesn't have to be parents. Uh, That can be anybody um, who who wants to invest there. Um, Also, we could use more greeters for that electronic check-in system uh, to be able to welcome parents. Um, We care about welcoming new families in. If you're new with us, uh, we know that it's a trust to put uh, your kids in a room with uh, some people. And we want to have people that greet new parents. And, hey, if you can do that, um, you don't have to spend time in the classroom. as much as just kind of be there. So those are two specific ways um, that you can uh, serve in our kids. Um, The way that you can get connected in that way is through uh, the digital app that we have or visit one of our kids' staff that will be at the connection table out there. Also, you should have received when you came in this morning uh, one of these I'm ready to serve cards. Okay, We've been in a series where we've been uh, talking about knowing our passions, knowing our gifts that God wants to use us for a purpose Um, We want everyone to have, if you don't have one of these, put up your hand. Uh, We want to get one in your hand. Um, We don't want you to avoid having this uh, in your hand. Uh, You'll see on there that it says some areas where you may be interested in, some specific tasks that you may be gifted in, um, and then an amount of time that you may want to serve. Once a month, once every two months, once every three months. Uh, We want every follower of Jesus, every part in the body to be serving uh, in some way. So um, get these cards and consider what God would have you uh, do to serve in the church. When we come to communion later um, at the tables, there will be a gray basket there. Um, you can drop those off when we come uh, and remember the cross during communion. Talking about serving, um, a few specific needs that I want to highlight beyond kids. We already talked about those. Uh, they may be needs that you may not even be aware that you could use uh, your gifting, but they are real needs to help take the gospel forward. Uh, number one is that social media. Okay, let me get just a, just a quick informal poll here. How many of you say, I hate social media, I'm not on social media, I'm never going to be on social media? Okay, I see some hands out there. Um, you know, I'm not trying to convert you, okay, um, to social media. We want followers of Jesus, not uh, accumulating followers on Twitter or anything. So uh, that, that's just fine. How many of you say, yeah, I use social media. Uh, I am I see what's out there. Some of you may say, hey, I misuse social media. Um, you don't have to admit it. Some of you say, I'm not raising my hand until I see where this is going. Um, but here's what, here's what we believe. Um, like it or not. Our city and our world that we are reaching, they are on social media. That is where conversations are happening. That's where people are finding uh, information. So we just believe that, hey, we should uh, have the gospel as part of that conversation um, to to be there, to be the information that people are getting. And so uh, if you've checked out our social media, we do maybe an okay job, but you probably haven't been, like, grabbed a hold of by our social media. Here's what we're looking for four to five people who would say, you know what, I'm on social media. I know how it works. Um, I would like to be a part of, of just kind of what I'm already doing. Uh, you know, maybe being in discovery events, taking some pictures, getting them up on Instagram, things like that. Um, so if you would say, yeah, you know, I could do that. Um, I want you to, you can email Roley um, at discoverydavis.org or fill out this card uh, or put it on that app. Area number two that I want to highlight. Um, is our J12 5th and 6th grade ministry. We launched this last fall. Um, the reality is we have two servants that have been going hard at it uh, since then, meeting with our 5th and 6th graders, this kind of pivotal stage in adolescent life between our kids and between our youth. And, and here's the reality, church. If we don't get more servants, um, we're going to wear those servants out, and it's going it's to fall by the wayside. It's not going to happen. And so right now, we really need a few people that will say, you know what? I'll be a part of that. I don't know what I can bring, but, um, you know, we've had people that have offered to pray, which is a wonderful thing, um, but we need some people to step up, especially uh, men. Right now, it's been um, uh, one guy and two, two ladies that have been doing there, and uh, we, we need more men who will invest in our uh, young men that are there in middle school age. So, again, you can put that on the card, see somebody at the connection table, fill that on your app. Finally... The last one is this. How many of you like coffee? All right. Okay. Uh, you guys aren't raising your hands. I see that because I know there's a lot more coffee drinkers out there. Um, and so and you know that you can serve the Lord through your coffee addiction. Okay. Don't take it too far, but um, hey, you guys enjoy the coffee in the lobby, right? And we really want to be a welcoming environment for people. The reason that we put that coffee bar in place, is, guys, we could just put a jug of coffee and say, hey, help yourself, get your caffeine, stay awake, and that's fine. But what we want... And what we believe the church must be is a welcoming place where new people that come in are able to connect with others as they connect with Jesus. And so uh, being able to get that pour over cup of coffee um, is a wonderful thing for people to be able to connect. And so, hey, if you say, I would do that once a month, once every other month, you can either email uh, Paul at Discovery Davis, fill out that card, put it on the app, see him at the connection table on the way out, okay? Because we want to see the church be who God would have us be. Uh, But it takes all of us uh, to, to make that happen. And so these things don't happen unless we use our gifts, unless we use our passions to serve. You know, we want to open our mind a little bit more than just thinking, okay, to serve in the church means I either teach the Bible, I I sing songs, or I help with our kids. Uh, Serving is more than that. We've been talking about that, that we have areas of passion, giftings God's given us to use. I want us to open our mind even a little bit further than that. Because sometimes what we think is uh, serving is all about kind of just, just uh, making church happen. And that's kind of the, the pinnacle of serving. In fact, some of you may be new today. You're like, oh, I knew this is what I was going to get. It's just kind of, okay, the, the uh, announcements about serving. They want me to be a part of it, making discovery better. That, listen to me. That's not the ultimate aim of our serving, to make this a nice place. No, the ultimate aim is to serve Jesus, to to serve God's purposes in the world. And so it even goes beyond what happens here in the church. Our serving, yes, every one of us as followers of Jesus should be serving in a local body of believers. God's called us to be a part of that, to be our part in the body. Uh, But it goes beyond that. It overflows from the church out into our world. Let me give you an example. Hey, last week we talked about uh, how we all have abilities. Some of you may say, you know, I, somebody out there may be like, I'm, I have an ability. Let's use woodworking as an example. Hey, I'm good with my hands. I'm good at, good at construction. I can, I can build things. You know, our typical way of viewing that may be like, all right, um, maybe I can do Maybe I can make a church for, or a, a cross for the stage. I already have one. I guess there's not a need there. Maybe I can help build the bins that all the, the kids' stuff is stored in. And, and that seems to be going okay right now. And, and certainly, absolutely, there will be needs that we have to, to build things in the church and use those skills in the church. But instead, picture this if God has given you that ability, there may be only limited opportunities in here. But there's unlimited opportunities out there. God may use that skill to put you in a job, uh, to work alongside others, or to build things up out there that are useful to others. He may uh, give you kind of a, a hobby of woodworking, put you alongside uh, non-believers just by going out and doing what you enjoy to be put in a place uh, to use that gifting and ability. Or, or you may feel as you serve and say, hey, how can I serve others? You may uh, be able to go out and say, let me look for some people, some uh, maybe single moms or some people that are in tough places and and come alongside. They can't pay to get their gate repaired and maybe I can be a part of that that. okay so uh, we need to open our minds and say it's not just about okay making the church a nicer place for all the Christians that show up it's about overflowing out uh, into the world too often we think that the pinnacle is building up the church and that to serve in God's calling it has to be right in this body I mean you hear me very often talk about you know, the path that God called me from, from uh, marine biology, okay? I, I came, I was in marine biology, got my PhD here, and then God called me out of that. But the danger in talking about that is we may begin to think like, oh, that's like the, that's the pinnacle. Uh, you know, that's like when, when I graduate, I'll be uh, in ministry, um, that I'll, I'll be in the church. And I want you to understand that that's how God called me, but it's not necessarily how he's calling you, in fact, I believe don't don't be a pastor, don't be a pastor unless God is calling you. Don't go into ministry or, or missions unless God is calling you. Because my heart, and I believe the heart of God is that He wants you serving where you are. I, I'm so thankful. About a year ago, um, Shauna O. Um, you may, is Shauna out here somewhere? Are you out there, Shauna? Oh, there she is, kind of down in the down sea. Shauna, I don't know, she showed up about a year ago. She is the executive director of the Coastal and Marine Sciences Institute here at UC Davis. And what, yeah, we can clap for that. She worked hard to get there, and she, is there. But what she does is this, promote diverse research activities of the marine science and policy community at UC Davis. You probably didn't know, UC Davis is a powerhouse in marine biology and marine science. And I was ecstatic when Shauna showed up because now I know that there are at least two Christian marine biologists out there. Uh, at least two of them in Davis, and, and they're in this church here. And so, Shauna, I'm glad that you're here. But it goes beyond that. Because when I uh, came and to, was called to become a pastor, my heart broke because I wanted to be out there in the mission field of the scientists, people who need Jesus. But God said, no, I have a purpose for you in the church. And so when, when God uses other people, puts them in places of influence, I get to see, you know what, my job here is to equip you to go and be who God has called you to be. And that's what God has called me to be, but It's not just about building up the church. It's about knowing what our calling is. That's where this series that we've been in for the past three weeks, Ignite, has come from. It's a passion not just that we get more people to serve in discovery, but that we get an understanding that God has a purpose and a calling on your life. And yes, part of that may be serving in the body of Christ, but it goes out into the world as well. And God will use you where he has you. So we're talking about Ignite. We talked about being created for a purpose, that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he planned long ago for us to do. And so um, we've been talking, he's created each one of us uniquely and with a purpose. We talked about calling. And if you miss these messages, you can go online, you can listen to them. Week two, we talked about calling. Uh, We said that uh, we have a general calling to follow Jesus that may lead us to a specific calling. For example, um, as we come to Jesus and we realize that Uh, you know what, I'm not being a real good steward of my finances, maybe have debt. Maybe God would generally call you to say, you know, as you're following Jesus, you want to be good stewards of your resources. You want to get out of that debt, find freedom in that. And God may lead you through that general calling, and one day may specifically call you to say, remember all that pain and hurt that you went through? Now, help others do that as well. Or maybe you feel like, all right, God's calling me to invest more in my family. And maybe you're a mom or dad that says, you know, I've been ignoring my family. Now it's time. God's calling you generally to invest in your children, to disciple them, to raise them up. One day, if you do that faithfully, he may call you to help other young moms and dads that are struggling in that same area. Or you're a worker out there and you've struggled through medical school and you're trying to be a faithful worker. God may use you one day and give you a specific call and to invest back in others. We talked about calling General calling and leading to God's specific calling on your life. Last week we talked about that we are gifted, we are shaped by God. And we put a resource online if you want to find that. Five ways that God shapes us and equips us for the calling that he gives us. Because God, when he calls, he also equips us. Today we're going to talk about being focused. Um, Because when we step forward in our calling, when we step forward, as it says in 2 Timothy, to fan and to flame the the gift of God that is in you, um, when you step forward in that, there will be distractions and there will be discouragements that you face. So we want to talk about being focused for the next 30 minutes or so. We're going to be in our Bibles in 2 Timothy. Uh, Once again, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, you can find that on your app or you can, uh, if you need a Bible, put up your hand. One of our ushers will bring you a Bible uh, so that you can look at these words closely. Um, 854, page 854 is where you'll find uh, this scripture. While you're turning there, let me ask you a question, um, and the the question is this. Um, If you were able to fast forward in your life to the last day that you were here on earth, and you were to look back at all of your life, what is it? That absolutely, you would say, had to be accomplished. What is that? I mean, we don't think about this too often, right? Because we're, we're, uh, many of us are young and many of us think we have the whole life ahead of us and we'll catch up. But if you talk to people who are older, they get to this place and look back. There may be times when, hey, we would uh, feel regret. Where there would be times where we could look back and say, yes, I did what God had on me on the planet, where we're surrounded uh, by people where we've left uh, that legacy. So what is it, if you could think about it right now, um, that if you look back, what is it that you would have to accomplish? What is that thing? Because in 2 Timothy, what 2 Timothy really is, it is one of those uh, deathbed letters, or or actually death row letter, because it was written by a man named Paul, who was called by God to be uh, a missionary in the early church, spread the gospel uh, throughout the Roman Empire. Um, He wrote most of the New Testament letters uh, that we look at, and uh, so he uh, was writing this in 2 Timothy, is actually his very last letter. Uh, it was written, he was actually because he was fulfilling his calling, because uh, he had advanced the gospel, he had actually been thrown into Roman in prison, and he knows that his time is ending. So we write Second Timothy uh, from a place of looking back to a young man named Timothy, who was now doing the work out there. And he writes to them, because Timothy was getting discouraged. He was a kind of young guy, and so some of the older people around saying, "Ah, you're too young. Um, who are you to tell us anything? We've got different ideas." And Paul writes to him, and he says, "No, you have been given a calling. You know what you're supposed to be doing. So carry out that work. Trust me, Timothy. when you get to this point like me, when you look back, this will be the only thing that matters. And so Paul writes. To Timothy and and his words are an encouragement and a, and a calling to us today as well because trust me one thing I can promise you when we set forward in a calling that God has given us discouragement will come difficulties will come distractions will come that keep us from being focused. When you step forward, mark my words. If you say, this week you step out and you say, you know what, I'm going to get my financial house in order, I'm going to budget, I'm going to lay all this out, you'll get that budget set, the water heater will break. And all of a sudden it'll be like, what do I do with this now? Or you'll go home and you'll say, you know what, I'm going to sit down with my kids, I'm going to pour into them, I'm going to disciple them, And, and lo and behold, not only will your kids get different, but they'll also be difficult. And so uh, as we go through these things, you'll sit down on the computer to start kind of doing research about where, where you need to go, and Facebook will pop up, and you'll start kind of getting off on that. These distractions will come. So how is it that we stay focused in the midst of all these things? Because discouragement and distraction will come. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy at the end of verse 1, he says this, By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that's been entrusted to you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, guard that gift that is in you, that deposit that's been given to you. Because then he talks about people who have gone astray. Several of his friends that were walking alongside him, that as things got hard, they got distracted, they got discouraged, they got upset, and they just walked away. And So Paul writes to Timothy in chapter 2, and he says this. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuit since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. God, thank you for your word, and by your grace that you have um, brought us to this place to be able to hear your word, and and I pray that um, as we kind of walk through these, that your spirit would um, empower my words, but also empower the ears of everybody who's listening and the hearts of all of us, and that we'd be open to what you want to say to us. And as we think over and ponder, God, we are so thankful that you are a God who wants to lead us to understand. Uh, You're a God who has uh, called us and a God who has gifted us and shaped us throughout our life. And that you want us to be a part of the work that you're doing. So God, I, I pray that you would use this time to lead us forward. In Jesus' name, amen. It says, you then, my child. What is it going to take to stay focused in fulfilling our God-giving purpose? Number one that Paul writes is this. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If we are to fulfill our God-given calling, we will need to be strengthened by grace. God's grace in Christ Jesus. Now, suppose that you get kind of all inspired and motivated by these messages and by the series, and uh, you walk out and you say, Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a song. I'm going to pursue my calling. How are you going to do it? In what strength? Because what our tendency is. Even for those of us who know the grace of Christ, our tendency is to say, you know, I, I can do this. I'm going to put my mind to it. I'm going to put all the abilities that I have. I'm going to go out and, and, and do this. I'm going to get it done. I'll be honest with you. For the first 27 years of my life, um, I was very much that person who was able to achieve many things on my own, using my abilities. Um, I was able to do athletics, athletics, I, school came rather easy to me. and I was able to um, graduate with my degree. I was able to get into to UC Davis, come here for grad school, didn't even think much about it, got a national science fellowship to be able to do uh, the work that I did. And, and I was able to do all of those things. We are able to do some things in our own strength. I don't say those things to kind of talk about, hey, look at me. Because what happened when I reached 27 was that God gave me a, a calling. God called me to be about his work. And some of those kind of achievement-type tendencies, I can do it, started to spill into the work of ministry in God's calling. And I very quickly realized that when it comes to doing the spiritual work of God, we can't do it in our own strength. And so, when I had said in my calling, you know what, I'm going to seek to be the best husband, a godly husband, man, I found myself falling way short. And when I said, you know what, I'm having kids now and I, I want to be that dad, time and time every day I was aware of my failings. i come to pastors and say, yeah, I'm going to be a, a caring pastor and a- a- an impactful preacher. And I continually just found myself falling short and failing in many of those ways, failing to be the leader that God. It called me to be. Now, when we encounter those struggles, those failings, we tend to go one of two ways. Uh, One is kind of the way that Timothy seemed to be going, um, and that's the way of timidity. We start to kind of pull back and say, I I can't do it. I I can't do it. I guess I I should just quit, throw my hands out. I I can't do it. And when we feel that way, um, we just drop out. We just say that must be for somebody else. We drop out of our marriage. We drop out of being the mom or dad. We drop out of ministry. We drop out of uh, the the calling, the work, the career that we've been able to, to pursue up to that point. Another way that we can go is the way that I would say is in prideful arrogance where we just kind of keep saying, you know what, if I just try harder, if I get a few more tools, then I will be able to to do it. I can do this. So where timidity says I can't, prideful arrogance says I can do it. I am able. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. You know, so... But what the gospel tells us is this, that I can't do it in myself, that I am weak, but when I am weak, it is then that he can be strong. I can do all things that he has called me to do through Christ who strengthens me. So depending on our personality or depending on our experience, we may go either one of those other ways, but the gospel says that it is the grace of Christ Jesus that strengthens us. And if you step into your calling, God will lead you to a greater understanding of grace. Sometimes we think, when I get it all figured out, then I will start to serve. No, God uses our serving, God uses our calling to really help us understand the gospel. Because if you step forward into your calling, you will find that there are times when you're not adding up, when you are failing, when you blow it. But that's when the grace of God comes in. He says, it was my grace that called you. It's my grace that sustains you. It's my grace that spurs you on moving forward. And when that reality of the gospel comes in, that yes, we are failures. Maybe you look back at your past and you say, I've tried stepping forward before and I've I've failed. I don't know if I can do it again. The grace, the amazing grace of God is that he loves you not for what you do, but for who you are and who he created you to be. And he wants you to grow in that grace, to learn from those past failures and to move forward. And that grace is what motivates us. Not thinking we can do it ourselves. or thinking everything will be smooth, but the grace that God gives. We need to be strengthened by grace, to understand God's grace as we step forward. Secondly, Paul writes this, and he says, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Uh, this is really the, the core. Uh, this is what our calling is all about. Um, it, it's what Jesus' plan was. Um, to, in the midst of all the different ways that our callings look, at the heart of it comes a transmittance of the gospel from generation to generation. The gospel that is good news, that is the power of salvation to all who believe. All of the callings of the Christians somehow have to do with that. Now that may look all different ways, but we need to remember, if we're going to fulfill our God-given calling, that we must be faithful to the gospel this is what paul was doing with timothy We must be faithful to the gospel because i've seen many experience where somebody who will be kind of spurred on by the compassion that comes in jesus will go and, and start something in social justice and as time passes before you know it what you've ended up is more of a feeding program that takes care of practical needs, which is a wonderful thing, but has left the gospel way back here. Or you you have people that go in a direction saying, okay, I'm going to disciple my kids, and and that means these different activities, and before you know it, what you're building up is a professional soccer player rather than a disciple of Jesus. Now, these are things that we need to to think through, um, because We could end up down the place in a road and have forgotten the gospel. So every day we need to remain faithful to the gospel. We can do this in church as well, where we can uh, say, okay, we're starting with making disciples. We're about the gospel. And as people start coming, we start saying, what's it going to take to get more people in here? We get focused on just getting more people. And sometimes we may even find that the gospel of Jesus actually gets in the way. So if we're going to fulfill our God-given calling in all the different ways that it can look, we need to know at the heart of it is remaining faithful to the gospel and transmitting that in everything that we do to stay centered on the gospel so that that good news goes from generation to generation. Thirdly, this is even a less fun one. Paul says this, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. If you're going to fulfill your God-given purpose, let me just be honest with you. We need to be prepared for pain. You need to be prepared for pain. Because pursuing your purpose is not a a promise that it's going to go smooth and easy. In fact, it's probably what Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. In fact, if you're going to step forward in a calling, a gospel-centered calling, you should expect for it to get tough. Because uh, Jesus uh, stepped forward in his calling and he, said, he set his face toward Jerusalem where he knew mockery would come, where death would come, where pain would come. And if we're going to follow him and it be about him, you better be sure that we are going to experience some of the same things. So you step forward in that call, you may get some mockery from people. You may get ridiculed, friends may abandon you, people may talk down at you, people may think otherly of you, but the reason that we can endure the pain is because, just like Jesus did, there was a joy beyond the pain. Our pain is momentary. If we were to look at eternity, our life, our days on earth are really just a dot on the line of eternity. And what we look forward to is not, oh, one day just being able to say, oh, we left a legacy, But for Jesus to look at it and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You finished. You did what I had you to do. And that's what motivates us. And I'll tell you, pain pain will test your calling, whether it is a, a calling or not. Because when you're in those moments of pain, the only thing that will keep you going is that God on one day told you, this is what I have for you. Trust me. So, we're strengthened by grace. We're faithful to the gospel. We are prepared for pain as we step forward. Paul then gives us three metaphors that I think we can all understand. In verse 4, it says, No soldier gets entangled with civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. The first picture is that of the enlisted soldier. And we have uh, some of you here, and I know what happens, that when the deployment letters come, there's no, there's no question, you go. And it is a clear picture of your clear devotion. When an enlisted soldier goes, they wear the uniform. They put the flag on their shoulder. And when the, the command, when the direction goes, there's no question of where their devotion is. They love a lot of things and a lot of others, but they have enlisted to be about this first and, and primary. And for us, our clear devotion must be with Jesus. How clear is it to those around you? Do they know what you're about? Do they know what you're about? I know what some of you are about because, uh, you know, you say, say, you show your schedules, you show it's what you talk about. You know, grad students, I know, you talk about uh, your work, your dissertation that, that you're writing because uh, you felt called in some way to, to be about that work. It dominates your time. It dominates your conversation. Other people look at you funny because they don't know what you're talking about. But you know, and you're devoted to it. And for us, it, it needs to be clear. Do people know what we're about? Or do they look at and say, well, he, he does a little bit of this. He spends some time with his family. He does a lot kind of different hobbies. What is it that you're about? Is your clear devotion visible? You see, what this will do is it'll start to govern what you say yes to and what you say no to. Because there's a ton of good activities out there. There's a ton of good stuff that you could be doing. But as we seek God's calling and he gives us direction, this defines what we say yes or what we say no to. We don't say yes to everything that everybody else wants us to do. When somebody says jump, we don't say how high. No, we seek what it is that God has called us to. And we continually check in and say, God, is this in line with the calling that you've given me? If not, I'm willing to say no to some good things. I'm willing to say no to just pleasing other people because my aim is to please you. And you've given me a work, and I'm about that work. And I'll say no to other things, and I will unabashedly tell people that I'm saying no because God has given me a good work, and I cannot be pulled away from it. Another picture he gives us is that of the competitive athlete, verse five. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Uh, what I love about these pictures is that it's not about, you know, this isn't the picture of the guy who once a week, you know, goes out and plays some basketball on the asphalt. And no, this is the competitive, this is not YMCA, this is Olympic competition where there must be discipline, dedication uh, to get there. And I tell you, if we're gonna be about our calling, we must be disciplined, It's going to take not only that devotion, but the discipline to carry it out. Where we look at our our schedules, where we say no to some things, where we get really disciplined in what we're doing. Does this point to to what we're doing? Because I'm all about giving my life to what God has called me to. Discipline, dedication. Many of us struggle with discipline. And so the hours of our day, we feel like we're, we're busy. Feel like we're busy, but if we really looked at our schedule, what are our hours filled with? Maybe something that you do this week look at your schedule and, and say, okay, if, if I know what my calling is in this season, or if you don't, are those things fruitful or are they unfruitful? So, will you start to say no to them? As you continue in life, you know, families with young kids, you've added a full time job full-time with kids at home, you're trying to keep your marriage going, there's not a lot of extra time for just kind of me time. And and I know we need to walk that balance of saying, you know, we need to be refreshed, we need to have some fun, not take ourselves too seriously. But at the same point, we need to ask, what are we doing with our hours? Are we living in that disciplined way? The final metaphor he gives is that of the hard-working farmer. Again, this is not the kind of casual, I'm planting some tomatoes in my backyard, Okay? This is the uh, hard-working farmer that lives, again, looking back in these years, their life depended on it. That harvest coming, coming to bear. It was what they really needed to, to live for their family, to accomplish their purposes. The hard-working farmer knows that you need to think way ahead and start planting some seeds. Go through the work of planting seeds. Then there's a period of waiting trusting being patient while those seeds germinate and then then comes the harvest the seasonality of our calling is is so important for us to understand there's many of you right now that are that are planting seeds you're getting degrees you're you're Taking first steps to serving in the church, where you can learn what it means to serve. You're uh, reading God's word, and seeds are being planted uh, in your heart. You're growing more passionate in the gospel of Jesus. You're planting. You're planting seeds. Um, some of you are in a season of waiting, where you planted some seeds and it feels like nothing's happening. Maybe years have gone by, and you want. And I thought God had called me here, but I just don't know what's God doing during this season where you're patiently waiting. Seek the Lord during that time. Say, God, am I on track? Are you recorrecting things? Are you just calling me to, to begin growing during this time? Some of you are in a season where harvest is, is either happening or it's just beginning to happen. Some of you have invested years in your kids growing up, and now you're getting to see the fruits of those labors. Some of you are um, just getting a saying, you know what, God has called me to this, and now is the time. The harvest is right. It's time to really focus in, get on that. You've been patiently uh, waiting and and persisting, and now is the time of harvest. What season are you in in your calling? Are you planting seeds? Are you waiting? Are you reaping the harvest? Paul writes, and he says, Think over these things, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That's such a word of good news says think over these things if you're a follower of jesus the holy spirit is in you and is guiding you and directing you and, and and speaking to you counseling you convicting you but here's the grace of the lord the lord will give you understanding in everything this is the goodness of God and his grace towards us. God wants to lead you in your call. I know some of us feel frustrated, feel like we're not, we're not getting anywhere. But God is and wants to lead you. He will bring it to completion. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So think over these things. Focus in on what God has for you. I can't tell you precisely what your unique calling is because it is as unique as God has put you together. God has a special plan, a purpose, and a calling for your life that is unlike anybody else. So I can't tell that to you, but God himself wants to lead you in that. So as we wrap up this series, what I would tell you, this isn't uh, anywhere on the PowerPoint or your notes, but write this down. This is this, what is the one thing that you must do? be about? What is it that God is laying on your heart and saying, you accomplished this. I'm calling you to this. And secondly, what is your very next step for some of you, that very next step is you know what I'm a get in a degree program and I'm you know, I got to get the grades to be able to go go to what that's the very next step. For some, of, what is the very next step? For some of us, it's it's just starting to pray and seek God. For some of us, it's connecting in community. For some of us who want to invest in our kids or or want to invest out in our career, it's finding somebody who has honored Christ in that calling before and talked them what's the very next step and finally i ask you this what is it that will or has the potential to derail you what is it that has the potential to derail you as i've been at this long enough that that i've seen many pastor friends people in ministry not fulfill their calling one thing or another discouraged distract burn them out, wipe them out. I've been in the church long enough to know, too, that there's many times when people will, you know, raise their hand and say, yes, I want to be this, I want to be that. But then fast forward, and there's something that has derailed them from that. And so for us, we want to be strengthened in God's grace. You then be strengthened in God's grace. You then be faithful to the gospel. You then seek the Lord for your calling. Be prepared for difficulties, but God Himself is leading us through this. I want to wrap up this series a little bit different way. It has to do with the, some of the final words that Paul writes to Timothy in Second Timothy, chapter four, where he writes to Timothy and he says. I I charge you, Timothy, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. What he's saying is, he's saying, I I charge you. This isn't a bad thing. Paul had walked alongside him, cared for him, called him his beloved child, nurtured him when he needed, taught him when he needed teaching. He says, in view of all that that you've received, and say, now you need to be about God's work. In view of Jesus, who is the eternal king, who one day we all stand before and give accounting. He says, I charge you, Timothy, preach the word. That is your calling. There are many things that will distract and discourage you, but Timothy, preach the word. Be about your calling. And he says this, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And so what I would um, ask of us, we've been thinking about a lot of things during this series, Um. For those of you who feel like you are um, being called in some way, that could be that could be anything. and um, being called to pursue Jesus. I'm being called to be a mom or dad. I'm being called to be the best worker in my workplace. I'm being called to be a, a witness in my workplace or in my neighborhood. Or I'm being called to the mission field uh, for short term or long term. I'm being called to, to ministry, whatever that is. If you feel some sense of calling on your life, uh, I just want to ask you to, to stand um, with me. And um, this isn't the type of thing where everybody needs to stand if you're not, not feeling there. Don't do it because your neighbor's doing it because your husband or wife is and you think they, they want you to. But, but if you feel a sense that God is calling you to something, that you're being called uh, to be uh, that person, I, I just want to call and I want to read this over to you. As a pastor who would charge and commission us to be about that calling, I charge you in the presence of God, and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. And here's where you fill in, fill in the blank. Timothy's call was to preach the word. You know what the call he's laying on you. If you're feeling called, you know what, I'm to invest in my family. If you're feeling called to be uh, the worker, fill in the right there and say, that is your calling, that's what God lays on your heart. I'd say this, be sober-minded, disciplined, endure suffering, do the work. Fulfill your ministry. God, I thank you for each person that is standing here. God, I thank you for what you're doing in all of our hearts. God, maybe even right now, you're calling others to, to stand before you. They're, they're nervous. They, they're afraid of commitment. They're afraid of what the people around them will think. Um, but God, I, I just pray that you would do a work in our hearts that that you would make your calling for us known, that God, right now, that you would even just stir our hearts, that you would call us to to stand before you. Jesus, as the one who has saved us, as the one who has given us these days on this earth to glorify you, to advance your kingdom in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our workplaces, on our campus, Jesus, we stand before you and say we want to be about your work, Continue to call us as you have called us. Continue to shape us, gift us, equip us for this work because we can't do it in ourselves. Strengthen us, God, in your grace to do your work, to advance your kingdom. God, prepare us for the difficulties, the discouragements, the voices that will, will come that lead us astray. Prepare us Uh, for the tough calling that we have in following you, but God, help us to be relentless in pursuing you. Jesus, I pray for those who are standing before you right now, that you would enable us to be who you've called us to be, created us to be, by your grace, by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.